Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us.
This morning's reading comes from John chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, and then some other John uh, verses later on. So the death of Lazarus. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with the perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness, illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, he, having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place that he was. And from John 11, verses 17 through 27. Jesus, the resurrection and the life. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. And while Mary, she stayed at home, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God, the one coming into the world. And John, from John eleven forty through 44. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upwards and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I've said this for the sake of the crowd, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen.
the death and suffering of Jesus. And as we've been talking about the earthquakes that happen in our life, when we stand on solid ground and things come along and shake them up, I want to talk about one of those three things. Sometimes this thing is expected in our life. It's something that we anticipate happening. We know that it's coming. But even though we anticipate it, it can still be very difficult when it happens. Other times it happens and it is completely unexpected and when this happens unexpectedly we feel so lost. We can sometimes feel mad at God. We don't understand it and it's hard for any of us to make sense of it. No matter whether it is expected or unexpected, there are many times in our lives that this event becomes a pivotal moment in our lives. If you haven't figured out the topic of today's sermon yet, of course it is death. Death for all of us, as I mentioned, it can be a life-changing event. If we think about our lives as a whole, we have a timeline, and along that timeline there's different markers, different big moments in our life. Sometimes those big moments defined a moment where there was life as we knew it before and life as we know it after. That mark in my life, on my timeline, is July 6th of 2016. It was a Wednesday. Now, just a few days prior to that event in my life, there was another big mark in my life on July 1st. Does anyone here in the United Methodist Church have any idea of what that mark might have been on July 1st? Well, as you all know, usually on July 1st, that is the day that new pastors officially begin their appointments at their churches. And in 2016, that was certainly the case for me. That was the day that I officially became a United Methodist pastor and the day that I began my very first appointment. As joyful and wonderful as that day was, and as much as I had been looking forward to it, it was also one of the most difficult times of my life. You see, my grandma, Aloha, was in the very final days and moments of her own life. My grandma and I are very, very close. We always had been, if 
my grandpa was to come from Kansas and stand here in front of all of you today, he would tell you that my brother and I had always been more like their own children than their grandchildren. My dad and my grandpa farmed together. We lived in the same town. There was just something very extra special about our relationship. And it was different than just being their own children. Yes, they had a huge part in raising us, but we had our own amazing, wonderful parents. We were just around them a lot. And then they got to spoil us extra, as grandparents do. And so Grandma and I, we were very, very close. On the morning of July 6th, I had to get back to my church. We were beginning a class for our summer youth program and I happened to be teaching this class and needed to be back for it. So I left her hospital room that day and I said the most difficult goodbye that I've ever said. I knew that it was going to be the last time that I ever saw my grandma alive. I made it back to the church and that day quickly became the most difficult time that I've ever gone through in my life. I experienced such a deep grief and pain that I didn't even know we were capable of, of filling as human beings. It was the hardest filling I've ever gone through. But that day also became one of the greatest days of my life because something happened that day that helped me to grow deeper and stronger into my faith and have a new understanding about God that I have never had before. I'll get back to that in just a few minutes. I want to switch gears though and think about this morning's scripture reading. You may have Notice that in the scripture reading, we read bits and pieces of John's 11th chapter. Originally, I had planned on having all 45 verses read, but I thought Steve might not read again if I gave him that much scripture to read. So I cut it back as much as I could, and I want to fill in some of the gaps. See, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they were very, very close with Jesus. And Lazarus had fallen very ill, as we read, and he was in <coughs> these final days of his life. So the two sisters, they sent a message to Jesus to let him know, and they said, please come. But Jesus responds in kind of a strange way. He doesn't get up and go. Instead, he just stays where he's at for a couple more days. Then he wakes up that morning and he tells his disciples, he says, you know, guys, let's go back to Judea. And they just kind of look at him dumbfounded and they say, Jesus, why? Why would we go back there? Do you not remember what they were doing to you? The Jews were trying to stone you. They were trying to kill you. I don't think it's a good idea that we go back. But Jesus responds to them and he says, no, you don't understand. You see, there are some people who walk through this life and in the daylight, they see just fine. 
But in the darkness, they cannot see because they do not have the light in them. And so we need to go back because Lazarus, he's fallen asleep. Now, as all of us as disciples are, those disciples didn't quite get it either. They did not fully comprehend and hear what it was that Jesus was telling them. And so they said, okay, so what? He fell asleep. We don't really need to pack up and go back just to watch him sleep. And Jesus, he kind of laughs it off and he says, this is one reason I think God has a sense of humor is the way that Jesus responds to them. He says, no, Lazarus is dead. Instantly, the disciples, they begin grieving. They begin missing their friend. They wish that they were there and they say, yes, we will go with you. We will go too so that we can be there for the dead. Now then when they finally arrive back, Martha approaches Jesus and she shares her frustrations with him. She says, Lord, why weren't you here? If you had been here, then my brother would not be dead. Lazarus would still be alive, but because you are not here, he is dead. I want to stop us there for a second. How many of us have ever gone through something in our life, something very difficult, and we felt like Jesus wasn't with us? Maybe we even got mad at God, and we might cry out to God and say, God, where are you? Why weren't you with me in all of this? If you had answered my prayers, if you had been there through this, and this bad thing wouldn't have happened to me. I know I've done that. A time or two and I think that probably all of you have as well but I hope you're getting the big picture here as we read the story of what Mary and Martha were going through and Jesus we know that Jesus was indeed with them Jesus was answering their prayers in a different way than they thought they needed to be answered God had a plan all along he never, ever left them. And he was with them through that difficult time, just as he's with us through the difficult times we go. So, picking back up here on the story, Jesus begins to explain to Martha, and he says, he's going to live. He is going to live. And she says, I know, I know that on the resurrection day, he will rise and he will live. And Jesus says, no, you don't understand. Listen to what I'm saying to you. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you? believe this these words of jesus do you personally believe this up to this point in the story jesus was doing the divine things he had not allowed himself to really feel the grief yet he had not really embraced the grief or shown the grief the divine side of jesus was very much at work but now Mary, the other sister, she comes up to him and she shares the same frustration. She's weeping uncontrollably, 
the other people that knew Lazarus, his loved ones were around and they were grieving and weeping too. And Mary says to Jesus, she says, Mary, or Jesus, where were you? If you had been here, then my brother would not have died. As Jesus took in all the grief around him, he too was hit by the grief. He saw her and the others, and Jesus wept. Now as a side note, that is the shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. And that scripture holds a lot of meaning for all of us. It reminds us not only how much God cares for us, not only how much Jesus loves each one of us, but that Jesus too was human. Jesus feels just like we do. We are reminded that we too were created to love in the same ways that Jesus loves and that God loves. There's another important thing that happens there. Those that see Jesus weeping, they begin to find comfort. They believe in what it is that Jesus is telling them. But there's another group of people that begin to mock Jesus and they say things like, if he really cared, then couldn't this man who made the blind man see have kept this man from dying? We then read about another very human part of Jesus as the Bible tells us that Jesus became greatly disturbed. How many of you have been like that in your life? You're doing the right thing. You are letting the best part of you show and others mock you or don't believe in you. And so you too feel disturbed. That's exactly how Jesus felt. And so he goes to the tomb and even though Lazarus had been dead for four days, even though the stench of decay had filled that tomb, Jesus insisted that the tomb be open. And he assured everyone there that they would see the glory of God as he had promised. So then Jesus prays to God and he cries out in a loud voice and he says, Lazarus, come out. And he did. Lazarus got up and he walked out of that tomb very much alive. And all of those who witnessed it, even those that had mocked Jesus before, they believed. Why is this story so important to each of us, each one of us? And why in the world would I title my sermon Laughing at the Tomb? Death is certainly no laughing matter. But as I mentioned, I think that God has a sense of humor. We read about laughter in the Bible a lot. In fact, if we go clear back to the early times of Abraham and Sarah, when Sarah received the news from the Lord that she was going to bear a child in her old age, she laughed. She then denied laughing, and she was told then, no, you did laugh. We read about lots of other times in the Bible that there is laughter of God, and even in the story, there's kind of a laughter approach to it as Jesus tries to 
explain what is going to happen and that this is really a God moment, but nobody seems to get it. And so he just really passes it off bluntly and kind of laughs about it. Some of you may remember during, I think it was either the first or second sermon of this Easter earthquake series, that I talked about how Rome had sealed the tomb of Jesus. They had put the Roman seal on it. And they believed, Pilate believed completely that he was locking away all things Jesus. That the Roman way was going to be the way and that all these absurd teachings of Jesus would be gone forever. But God gets the final laugh with this earthquake and the tomb is opened. And of course, we know how the story ended up. Jesus was resurrected and eventually he ascended into heaven. And all of us were saved because of that. God got the final laugh. Evil, injustice, sin, and death did not win. God's power is greater than all of that. And I reflect back on this story, this one of Lazarus, the reason that it is so important to each of us is because it reminds us that God is not just about saving Jesus from death and resurrecting him so that he could save all of us, but that we too are resurrected. Our Christian lives are not just about living a life that we know is going to end up in death. I think all of us know, um, what is that old saying, no one can get out of here alive? We all know that death is inevitably coming. But in our Christian life, we get to go through a lifelong journey with the risen Christ. And so we can learn to face the reality of death without being afraid. Death is not something that we need to be fearful of. It's not something that we need to be afraid of. Through life and death and then our life beyond that death, we know that we are not alone. We make a journey through that timeline that leads us to heaven and it's a journey that Christ himself went through. Christ lived on this earth and then he died and then he was resurrected and ascended into heaven. And this story reminds us that each one of us will also do the same. I want to tell you what happened that day that my grandma died. As I mentioned, my faith was forever changed. See, when I arrived back at the church, I went outside to begin setting up for my class. The class that I was teaching was a water fun class, and there would soon be hundreds of little kids running around playing in the water. When you're stressed out about what's going on in your personal life, the idea of a hundred, maybe give or take kids, running around and screaming with water doesn't exactly sound too fun. And so in order to try to really prepare myself, I went and began going ahead and blowing up our water slide. The church had a big water slide made out of like the bouncy house material. And I thought I'll go ahead and fill the pool up at the bottom so that it can warm a little bit in the sun before the kids get in there. And as I hooked the hose up, getting ready to 
fill up that pool. I went over and the faucet there on the back of the church, it was always spraying water out. It leaked really bad. So I turned it on and that day was no different. The water sprayed out everywhere. I expected that part, but what I did not expect was what happened. In that moment, I experienced truly the most spiritual moment that I had ever had happen in my life. It was really like an out-of-body experience. As the water hit me, it felt like I had been baptized again. Everything made sense of me, and everything that I was supposed to know, I suddenly began to realize, and it all became something that I understood. I slowly reached into my back pocket and I came to pull it out so I could call my brother and see how my grandma was doing. But as I pulled it out, my brother was already calling me and I answered and he didn't know what to say. He was having a difficult time talking and he just said, she's gone. And I said, I know. I know she's gone. In that moment, the promise of heaven. The promise of the resurrection became very real for me. Yes, I grieved and it hurt painfully, but I also found my purpose and I knew that my calling in life was to be able to tell others about Jesus and to share the story of God with others, to share the story of even my grandma with others. I knew that I was called to be on this earth, doing everything that I can for the glory of God. And to make sure that every single one of you answer your calling and that I can have my part in making sure that you are getting to know God more and more in your own life. In that moment, I understood the resurrection. I was no longer ever afraid of death. I knew that my grandma was in heaven, that she was at peace, and I knew that it was okay. I knew that every single difficult thing that I was ever going to go through in my life was going to be okay because God would never leave us. The Holy Spirit was there with me that day. He was with my family. The Spirit is with every single one of us when we go through something hard in our lives. And so throughout this fifth week of Lent, as we move into Palm Sunday next week, and then we begin Holy Week the week following Palm Sunday, and we move into Easter, I hope that each one of you will think back on your life. <clears throat> that you will think back on that timeline, those markers in your life, those big moments that maybe you will remember the times that you were mad at God, the times that you didn't think God was there, and then look back and see what God was really doing, the ways that God was working in your life and the ways that God really was there. I want you to think back too about those moments in your life, those marks on your timeline of where there was life before and then your life after. And I want you to think about how you were changed and why you were changed from that event. And then I want you to believe and I want you to tell others about it. 
And I want to leave you with this. I want to leave you with the words that Jesus said when Jesus said to us, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they died, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Amen.